everybody and welcome to another episode of this marketing thing. I am super pumped for today's episode. I've got a real treat for you guys. I have a digital marketing agency owner on from Phoenix, Arizona. He's super knowledgeable when it comes to SEO, paid ads, and anything direct response marketing. Hope you guys enjoy. Have you ever stopped to wonder? earth do people like us that were raised to go get a job after school just to realize that being at the mercy of some big company isn't for us how do we market and build our own businesses so we get to choose our own destinies that's the question and this podcast is the answer join me as i discover learn and share the latest marketing secrets and strategies to help grow your online business my name's Kyle Macker, and welcome to this marketing thing. Thing, 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 thing. My next guest started out in the marketing world back in 2012, working with Google. Over the years, he's worked with some the biggest brands like Pep Boys, PF Changs, Rack Room Shoes, and managed over one million dollars per month in ad spend. He now runs a marketing agency. Every impression counts. Welcome to the show, Dustin Trout. Thank you so much, Kyle, for uh, having me on. Excited to, uh, to kind of nerd out together when it comes to marketing. I love uh, anything and everything that comes to, to marketing and, and business in general. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I, I, I can't wait either. I, I love geeking out on this stuff and uh, I really appreciate your time, mate. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It, uh, it's uh, super cool to have you on. Yep, look forward to it. Yeah, let's do it. So, Dustin, tell us a bit about your backstory. I touched on it there in the intro, but how did you get into the digital marketing world? Well, honestly, it was uh, by accident. I was just looking for a job and uh, had a buddy that, that worked at this place and went in, did a typing test. Turns out I, I type really well. And so they said, hey, you do really well with Google. It's all technology and computer based. And so I said, Google's kind of cool. I've heard of them and am happy to do some work there. And so Really got introduced to the whole digital marketing world there. Started out as an operator. Had to qualify people. Are you looking for marketing? Are you looking for help with their Gmail or Google Map Maps? Route people to the appropriate uh, departments. I grew up playing baseball, so I'm super competitive. Love being number one. And really just try to crush it as much as I could early on. And then that led to a sales position um, where then I sold digital marketing. Really selling Google AdWords at the time. Graduated from there, started working with larger businesses, um, then started working with agencies, really helping them set up Google AdWords, educating on the platform. If you're looking for this outcome or you're looking to accomplish this thing, here's how you set it up within the platform. And I learned directly from the source, I guess, uh, when it comes to Google on, on really how brands should be communicating, how they should be attacking digital marketing. So it was all by accident. And then really over the years, you know, working there, I was only able to work with brands for about 90 days, educate them, get them to where they can be self-sufficient, on to the next person. And by the time we hit the 90-day mark, it was like, all right, they're understanding it, we're starting to see results, and then all of a sudden the rug got pulled from under us. And so I really wanted to work with brands for a longer longer time and essentially started working in different agencies here in, in Phoenix, Arizona, and had the luxury of working with some bigger brands. And uh, essentially, I, I'm, I love learning. I get bored easily. And so said yes to everything. And then it went from learning Google to learning Facebook ads to how do we build landing pages that convert to how do we look at analytics to see what's really working and just continue to evolve my knowledge bank when it comes to digital marketing. And so 
after about six, seven years, felt like learned enough, saw the inner workings of agencies, really saw there was a huge opportunity. I think a lot of a lot of agencies out there, a lot of digital marketing companies give recommendations that grow their bottom line quicker than really the client could grow. And so I thought there was a different way to kind of build and, and nurture relationships, not thinking of our bottom line early on, but what is really going to drive growth. And through that, that's going to lead to a long-term relationship, which everyone's bottom line will grow once that happens. And so accidentally fell into digital marketing, learned as much as I could. And then that kind of got to a point to where EIC agency became a, a side hustle. And that's kind of what I'm doing now is, is uh, running a digital marketing agency that is geared towards uh, really helping clients bring down their new or their customer acquisition cost and increase lifetime value of a customer. Yeah. I think it's super cool in that there's a few things that every successful entrepreneur has. And I love that you just kept going out there learning new stuff. So you went, right, I've learned enough here with Google. All right, let's go to the Facebook paid ad strategies, learn how to do landing pages. But you had that work ethic as well. And it didn't matter whether you started at the bottom doing the Google operator thing and you kept just, you wanted to be that the best at whatever you were doing was. And I think that's that's a real good quality to have in someone and especially an entrepreneur like yourself. I appreciate it. I think, I think mindset is huge. I think uh, everyone can come to the same, I guess, opportunity or downfall, whatever it may be, but really it's the mindset that's going to dictate how you move forward and whether you're successful in moving forward or you don't navigate it as well. And so, I mean, I said growing up playing baseball, I've had coaches that were big on, on the mental game. Yeah. Imagine yourself succeeding. Matt, what is it going to take? Not just succeeding, but what is it going to take to succeed? What before that? What is it going to take on the practice field to accomplish those things that it's going to take to succeed? And I, I think mindset is is huge. And then that that really translates into the work ethic on what is it going to take from what you're envisioning. And and I mean, I feel a lot of a lot of what I've done in life has all been derived from just working hard and just doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you said a really important word there is visualizing the success that you have. And then with that vision creates the decision and the motivation to keep pushing forward. So, man, that's super cool. Awesome. Love it. Love the story. So your agency does basically everything. Tell us a bit about the agency and, and what are the, what's your specialty that you guys do? So really, it's not so much everything. Don't do branding and, and uh, you know a few other things. Awesome. But essentially, we, we seek out to help companies accomplish two goals. Where I mean, I think a lot of agencies really try and drive their services. We do SEO, we do Facebook, but ultimately Facebook ads, Google ads. But ultimately, you do those things to try and help a business accomplish a goal. And so we're focused on what are the outcomes that we help businesses achieve. And those two outcomes really are how do we bring down new customer acquisition costs. So what does it cost to acquire a new customer, bring a new new transaction in the door, new client? From there, once you have a client, how do you get them to come back and continue to purchase and ultimately increase the lifetime value of a customer? There's four pillars within our business that we operate within that help us accomplish or help us allow us to accomplish those goals for our clients. And really those four pillars are content creation, creating video, creating photos, creating blogs, basically 
telling a brand story. What is the type of content they want to create that's going to tell your story? Once we create that content, we distribute it. We get it to the people that are your potential customers, your personas, whatever it may be. But after we create that content, we distribute it organically through SEO and then getting it in front of people immediately through paid advertising. And through all of this, our paid advertising is our superpower. It's telling a holistic story across channels. How do we introduce the brand on maybe Facebook and then tell the differentiators on Google when they're searching and educate on uh, the, the testimonials or social proof through YouTube. But really running paid media is our, our bread and butter. But through all that, we're going to try and drive some leads. And then that leads to the fourth pillar of the business. And that's the uh, lead nurturing or automation and measurement. So make some videos, get in front of people. That's great. Drives a lead. How are we going to use email marketing? How are we going to use text automation to really nurture that lead and then quantify results? Our ultimate goal is that we could say, Mr. Advertiser, you spent 10 grand last month and you made 80,000. Now, how do we build on that? And our whole goal is that through transparency, through data analytics and those four pillars is that we can quantify the results that we're, we're putting into someone's top and bottom line. And then how do we continue to grow that? Yeah, awesome. Uh, that sounds like sounds really good. Sounds like you guys know exactly what you're talking about. I I actually watched you on another podcast, and you said that uh, your motto is ABT, always be testing, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I thought that was really cool. No, I I and I'm a huge proponent of it because it's. Uh, I mean, I, I think I read recently on eMarketer something that uh, the the average time for a piece of creative to get stale is 28 days, and so. Gone are the days where you can make one awesome video or one awesome piece of creative and run it for a whole year and it's going to continue to be successful. Every business wants to do this digital marketing so that they can quickly drive a return on their investment. And the quickest way to get there is through testing. It's what audiences are we, are we reaching out to? Of those audiences, what channels are we serving our ads to? Is it YouTube? Is it Facebook? Is it native ads? From there, what channels are working better? what are the pieces of creative that's working better within those channels? Is it something that's call to action heavy? Is it the imagery? Is it the copy within the ads? From there, we're landing someone on a landing page. What type of design is working better? So there, there's always this whole digital marketing thing and not even digital, I'd say all marketing in general is a living, breathing thing that the more you feed it, and to me the feeding is through testing, the more you test, the quicker you're gonna see those quantifiable results and the quicker you're gonna be able to exponentially grow your return on investment as, as you're doing more. If uh, it, it's okay to produce one piece of creative and let it run for six months, you're gonna see results, but you could see more or better results had you done a few different variations of that creative, run a few different channels. And so we are just very big on, on always be testing and and even outside of that, what is your sales offer? What is your pricing model? I mean, not just from a marketing perspective, but I think I'm a huge proponent of testing everything. Yeah. Um, your internal business, your sales process, everything. You're always you're always trying to do better, and you can't do better if you don't test. And so that's where ABT comes from. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And you're so right. It, it, you've got to test everything because, yeah, if you if you're not testing, you don't know. You could be doing better, right? So. No, super cool. Exactly. And I, I love that you guys have a specific goal in that you don't just go out and do everything like 
you don't just like we're going to do branding as well because we're just going to put that on our website and say that we do and not do as good a job you just stick to that specific you guys are a direct response marketing company and that's what you guys do and that's your specialty so uh, super cool so mate you touched on mindset uh, a little bit before so but what was the mindset going into starting your agency i know there's a lot of talk about mindset you need to be this you need to be that and i think a lot of people get a little bit confused but did you have any doubts about starting your agency and and if so how'd you overcome your internal limiting beliefs yeah i mean it's tough i I never want to be the person that says you need to do this you need to do that i think it's uh and I just said, don't want to be that person that says that. But I think at the end of the day, it's have an open mind and what sounds right. Yeah. Growing up playing baseball, I mean, it's uh, had a lot of coaches that said, you need to throw this way. You need to do this in your windup. You need to, you need to do all these different things. Not one of them was 100% right, but collectively all together, it equated to me putting something together where I could play post high school and stuff like that, yeah. where if I would have been, no, this person said to do, do it this way, I have to do it it would leave opportunity on the table to not even have, have my mind open to other things. And so really I, I would say just don't think you have to be one thing or have this type of mindset. Just be open-minded and what makes sense in the gut and what makes sense from a, a risk-reward perspective. And I, I think having that open mind, whether it's testing a new business model or hiring that person, I think just having that open mind and be willing to be okay with being wrong but how do you pivot once you identify that you're wrong? I think I think is the key. I think too many people get stuck on, I need to make these decisions or I need to do it this way. I need to do it that way. That's when you kind of have blinders on and you're going to miss bigger opportunity that can come your way. And so when it comes to a mindset, I mean, our our uh, podcast is called Rise, Grind, Repeat. And that was really the, the only mindset I had going into this. I mean, really how this all started was uh, – the last agency I was working for, there was a big, big, uh, they got bought out, the agency, and there was a big shakeup at the executive level. I ended up getting laid off and I had a decision. Do I go work for another agency, make decent money, or start this thing? And I got tired of having my future in someone else's hands. And so yeah. took a step back and uh, you know worked with a, a brand where I could start EIC as a side hustle. And my entire mentality was rise, ground, repeat. Like, if I had the opportunity to watch Netflix or work on a proposal, it was always work on the proposal. Anything that came up, it was just, I know I need to keep working in order to keep reinvesting back into the business. And so the mindset was really just shut the personal life off for a few years, knowing that going to put in the work to eventually grow something to where I can have more of a personal life down the road. And so, yeah, the mindset was just knowing what the goal was and knowing it wasn't going to be easy and I just had to put in the work to do it. Um, I know I keep bringing up baseball, but it was nice. a lot of that that really helped get that mindset of knowing I had to be in the gym at six in the morning before school, do, do the work that I needed to do so that come game time I can perform and get to the next level. It's the things that people can't see, the staying up late, waking up early, doing extra things that will get you to the next level. And it was it was not being better than the work that was in front of me and just having the mindset of getting it done so that we could get to the next level. Yeah, that's super awesome. I love that. I love the, I, lo- I do love the baseball analogy. I really do. And it just showed you, you got to put in the hard work and a lot of people don't see that hard work, but you just got to keep rising and grinding and repeating, right? So it's, uh, exactly. so no, it's super cool. And I, I love the other thing you said about 
keeping an open mind. I think a lot of people have this real rigid mindset. I was actually watching a... Actually, I was listening to a podcast the other day and the guy on the podcast wasn't talking about like setting these... A lot of people get into these goals where they talk about setting, right, I need to make 10K per month or I need to make 50K per month or whatever, these rigid things. But he said, make the goal to get up and show up every day and do the things that are going to get there. That's the goal. And don't have any expectation on the numbers because having that expectation leads you down to like a sort of rigid mindset. So love what you've, uh, how you said that and explained it. And, and that sort of sort of reinfirm what that guy was saying on the podcast the other day. Super cool. Now, mate. I, I mean. Yeah, sorry. Go no. ahead kind of jump in there i love how you kind of mentioned that i think i, I think the biggest the biggest thing there i think what you just mentioned is a lot of people think outcomes are the goals but that's the outcome that you want the goal should be what is it going to take to achieve that outcome so if you're at the outcome that you want is 10k that is good but that's not a goal yeah. if you know that you need to have one appointment a day to be able to close enough business to then make that outcome then the goal should be I need one one booked appointment a day. And then if you know that, all right, well, I need to, to reach out to at least 50 people to get a booked appointment, then that's the goal. I think too many people yes. um, really interchange goals and outcomes. And I think everyone is outcome driven, but don't understand the goals that it takes to achieve that outcome. Mate, awesome. Well said. That's so true. Love it. Way better than what I said. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you teed it up. So. <laughs> Mate, every business owner makes mistakes. I don't think it matters how experienced you are. What are some of the mistakes that you've made? I mean, I would say that the mistakes that I, I've made have been from trying to go too quickly and just saying yes. I mean, it's uh, yeah. I'm still deal with it now is going through. I mean, early on, I, I understand that people say you got to know what your time is worth. You got to know your value. I won't do anything for free. But it's like, well, I'm not going to get someone to pay me that thousand five thousand ten thousand dollar website work if i have nothing under my belt yeah and so early on it was yes to everything we're gonna doesn't matter the cost we'll do a lot for free but i think the biggest mistake i made is once we started building that portfolio is continuing to say yes to the free or undervaluing our services and our team uh team's time and really it's tough but i mean th those are some of the biggest mistakes that i've made is just saying yes to too much too frequently and it's something I'm always working on because I get excited about new opportunities. I love conversations around how we can help a business grow and sometimes I get caught up in that. And so it really, especially you start growing and you got increased costs elsewhere, increased overhead, it gets difficult to do that. And so the biggest mistakes that I've made is just being not too aggressive, but being too quick and, and not taking time to approach things. And through that, I mean, I brought on some help that helped slow me down a bit, but it's it's really just trying to go too quickly, I, I would say, are the biggest mistakes. I think, uh, yeah, just being too aggressive at times. Yep, no, absolutely. And it's hard not to get like that, especially being passionate about something. You talk to like a small business or, and it's like, oh, you could do this and this and this. Oh, this would work so cool. Oh, and then you really want to make it happen for them, right? And it's like, yeah, I, I can see how that would... And especially when you've got a team. And so, I mean, I can see how that'd be a problem. Yeah, that and just not delegating as quickly as I should. And I mean, it's, yeah, it's tough. I mean, you got so many things that are coming at you. And as you're trying to grow, there's always new things coming at you. And, and so it's, uh, I mean, going into this, I've never managed anyone in my life, never run a business. And so it's, there's a lot of, 
a lot of things that I'm learning outside of the marketing. I mean, I have the the strategy, I have the know how to put a strategy together and and do all that fun stuff. But all of a sudden, it's you know you got to manage people, you got to manage time, you got to manage logistics, expectations, all that type of stuff. And uh, sometimes I forget to really think too far ahead on on that front, and it's it's made people's lives a bit stressful. And so it's it's more so being ignorant at, at really the reality yeah. of what. It, to execute on stuff and it's only time and repetition that that'll really help with that yeah absolutely for sure and in the start was it hard for you to delegate because i mean you have a very good understanding of of digital marketing and what needs to happen and what it should look like did you have trouble like sort of saying look you do this and sort of stepping away and like not sort of being a bit of a micromanager go oh is that is that something that's really difficult to do? It was at first and not so much because I was afraid of giving it away and I couldn't own it, but it was just like, oh, well, this will only take 10 minutes. Why should I do that? And then this will only take 15 okay. minutes. Why should I do that? And then as I started keeping track of our time and time being spent on things, it's like, wait, those five, 10 minute things, you know, you do 10, 15, 20 a day and it starts really adding up yeah. that could have been towards business development building out strategy or processes for, you know, internal communications and, and all of that. And so it was, it was kind of understanding that delegating wasn't just doing stuff that I didn't know how to do and I need to delegate to someone else. It was understanding the value of my own time and that, yeah, those five, 10 minute tasks, even though I could get them done, you know, in those five, 10 minutes over time, it's going to add up and you eventually get to a place to where now I'm completely working in the business rather than on it. And now we hit a ceiling. And so, Again, it wasn't hard because I was fearful of giving up my work and stuff like that. It was more so, I mean, what are they going to think of me if I'm giving this little 10, 15 minute task and all of that? And so um, just understanding and learning that I think has helped with the delegation over time, which over time has helped, you know, work more on the business and, and uh, I've seen the benefits of that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Super cool. Mate. If you could put your success down to one thing thus far, what would it be? I I would say just doing the work. I mean, yeah. it's in the last couple of years, it's been the get up at four in the morning, stay up till 10, 11 at night. I mean, working late, getting up early, trying to work with the team on, on building everything out. But it's it's really, it's just doing the work. And I think it helps having a team that can really point out like, hey, maybe that's not the best use of your time and holding everyone accountable and stuff like that. But I mean, there's just no no excuse or no substitution for really just doing the work. And, I, and what I would say is I'm, I'm a huge proponent, you know, listen to Gary Vee quite a bit. Yeah. He really helped light the fire to get me to start this. And he's big on the 49, 51% rule where he's cool with 49%. If the other person gets 51, they, they're making a little bit more, but he can do a lot with that 49. And I think too many people try to get the bigger end of the stick. And I think going back to, we'll do it for free. We'll do it for less than, than what we should do it for, but, and still delivering good quality results. And so really understanding that we don't have to have the better end of the deal as long as we can do really good with our end of the deal and just deliver results. And yeah. through that, even though it's like, well, we're only getting paid 300 bucks for this, it's like, well, we're gonna give $2,000 worth of effort towards it because they're gonna share it, which then is gonna bring um, referral business. And so I think really just, again, just putting in the work, 
providing more value than what we promised, which is always tough to do um, on a consistent and continual basis. But putting in the reps doing that over the last two years, I think has really helped fuel the growth because a lot of the business that we're bringing in now is a lot of referral because we have done well. We have uh, kept our word, kept our promises on projects and really under promise and over deliver on everything that we try and do. Yeah, super awesome. There's no substitute for it, is it? Like, you just have to put in the work. It doesn't matter whether you're trying to lose weight or bodybuild or play baseball or build a business. You've got to put in the reps. You've got to keep showing up. You've got to put in that work. And that's what that's what you've done. So, And there's no, there's no substitute for it. Exactly. What do you think the biggest problem most business owners make with their marketing? Try to be too perfect. More times than not, it's uh, go back on way more revisions than you should on this little piece of creative or this video that then it, it extends getting to market by four to six weeks. I think really having things perfect before getting to market is really what holds a lot of uh, businesses back or leaves a lot of opportunity on the table. And I'm not saying put in half an effort and just get something out, out to market, but just more times than not, it's it's dwelling on perfection. And there, there's something that uh, we say quite a bit in here. And perfect is the enemy of great. You can do, mm, yeah. you can grow a great business, and a great business, I mean, can do well. It can be profitable. Employ a bunch of people. It could provide great products or services to the consumers it serves. I mean, it could still do a lot of great in the world. But you're going to miss a lot of that if you try and be perfect. You might miss out on on people that, that could potentially want to work with you. You could miss out on on that employee that's really going to turn your business around because you're trying to take this perfect approach that everything needs to be perfect. And, and more times than not, a lot of businesses are still going to do really good, but they could be a lot better. They're leaving a lot of opportunity on the table by trying to perfect everything. And it is good if you know businesses want to do that. But I think, again, that there's just a lot of opportunity left on the table by going that route. Yeah, absolutely. And me even starting this podcast, I've had to sort of, I was like, oh, trying to make it perfect. But like in the end, just get it out, just take imperfect action. And I think you've just got to do that. And it is hard sometimes to let go of, oh, it's got to be perfect, got to be perfect. But no, but if it just takes way too long. And it's, as you said before, a piece of content or a video it's not going to be there for that long. So just get it out there and get onto the next thing. No, I think like you just said, I mean, just, I mean, been back and forth many times on developing a logo and it's like, we're now at week six, seven, eight, trying to develop this logo. And it's like, no one's going to not buy it from you because this line in this logo is, you know, two pixels thick compared to one pixel thick. And it's like dwelling on stuff like that, where it's like, look, I, I don't know if you're just scared to get things going, but it's you can always come back and build. And that's always a fun story to tell where, hey, we weren't perfect out the gate, but we got to market. We started serving people. And then through that allowed us to bring in capital where we can reinvest into building a better logo, building a better website. But more times than not, it's like, oh, well, we need a Coca-Cola logo. We need an Amazon website. We need all these things. And it's like you don't It'll certainly help once you get to the let's scale mode. Yeah. But in terms of driving that that first sale or that that first piece of business, it's not not going to have as big of an impact as you think. And so, again, it's lots of opportunity and money left on the table because it's uh, trying to dwell on on perfecting everything 
before getting to market. And most people have a good product or service or a good story and it's just tell that and that's going to sell. Use the the revenue that's coming in to reinvest and, and continue to build on it. Yeah, absolutely. And that and look, I must admit, when I started selling physical products online, I was initially started selling through Amazon. I was like, oh, the logo on the box has got to be perfect. That doesn't sell anything. <laughs> That's got nothing to do with it. People aren't going to buy because of your logo. Like, like it's just, it, it's a completely wrong. I think what happens is, is a lot of people believe in marketing that, it's about the colors and the branding. And I even speak to some of my friends and I speak to them and they think marketing is the colors and the brands. And that is not marketing. That's not the marketing. I I don't think of marketing like that. I I think of marketing as trying to change someone's belief with the intent of a sale. So, I mean, it's, it's about the storytelling. It's about the copy. It's about, it's not about how good your logo looks, right? A hundred percent. I mean, if you start driving sales with you know just a go-to-market logo, I bet you can run the numbers, invest all this money into a new logo, and all of a sudden it's not like your conversion rate's going to be that much better. It's not like you're going to start just an avalanche of sales because now your logo is better. You'll realize that that's not. It is there to help you know solidify that you are a brand. You are you know you are there. You're you're real. But people put too much time in there on trying to really perfect that and. It's tough. And I mean, when it comes to marketing, I think at the end of the day, all it is is can you help someone solve a problem? That is the only thing that really sets a business apart from their competitors is can you solve a problem? The marketing is how can you cleverly educate the consumer on maybe a problem they didn't even know that they had that then you can parlay into the problem that that you can solve for them. And that's the biggest thing of marketing is that, I mean, a lot of people confuse it marketing with selling where marketing is very 10% off, buy one, get one free, but you're not doing a good job at really connecting the dots on this product or service that you offer. Is it solving a problem for the person that you want to go after? If so, how can you help show that person the problem that they either know they have or don't even know that they have, and then how your product or service can solve that? And as long as you can do that, you don't need a beautiful logo. You don't need a beautiful site. If you can help solve a problem, that's going to outsell a logo, a site, uh, a picture, a video, and all that type of stuff. Yeah, love it. So true, mate. So Rise, Grind, Repeat is the name of the podcast. I love the name of that podcast. I really do. Thank you. Now, you've had some really cool guests on. What made you start a podcast? Honestly, it was uh, the SEO side of it. It's uh, A lot of people associate SEO with blogs, and uh, that's great, but there's a little hidden gem that uh, YouTube is the second most search engine in the world. Google, even on google.com, they, they're increasing the amount of videos that they're showing there. And I go, well, we're brand new. A lot of agencies have had done a lot of legwork on building out a ton of blogs, but those blogs don't have video. We're at a point now where people would prefer, more people would prefer to watch a video than to read a blog. And so it's like, well, let's get it going. It'll be a way that people can see us, our brand, in terms of uh, how much we can get someone to engage, we're going to have more education penetrate our consumers through video because they're going to watch a video a lot longer than I have the attention span to read a blog. And so it was all reverse engineered off of how are we going to show up when someone's looking for a Facebook ad agency, a marketing agency. And so all the episodes were uh, geared towards 
that. And then I don't remember when, but eventually it had a couple businesses reach out, want to be on, brought them on. And, and then it, it just kind of evolved from there. It was, it turned into, this is a fun way to kind of network. I mean, as I mentioned, rise, grind, repeat, we're, we're, uh, you know, up at four, going to bed late and, you know, working quite a bit. And so don't have all the time to go out and do lunches every day with people. And so it's kind of how can we kill a couple birds with one stone and we can create content, we can network, we can uh, build brand awareness all through one hour episode. And from it, then we can cut out five, six, seven, eight pieces of content that then fuels our social. And now it's it's doing 10 different things with a one hour segment essentially. And so, yeah, it, it all kind of evolved from trying to do better SEO. And then it turned more into kind of a, a networking tool and we had a lot of people virtually on it. Most of the guests are from here in, in Phoenix, Arizona, but we've had some really cool people come on. A lot of brands that me and my wife love going to, eating at, or engaging with, they've uh, somehow stumbled on it and have been guests on it. And so now it's just done really well at, at uh, just helping with the brand awareness, get us out there in our local community, all while we can highlight cool businesses that are doing really cool things here in the Valley as well. Yeah, no, that's awesome because I I think it's amazing. Well, I love doing the podcast because I get to meet amazing people like yourself. And uh, as you said, it's just an amazing networking tool. You can meet these really cool people that are really good at what they do and you can hear how they do it. So, no, super cool. Dustin, mate, I'm out of questions. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time. I thank you for having me on. It's always fun to be on on this side of the podcast and kind of just tell our story. It's uh, more times it's it's hearing other people's story, but it's always fun to kind of kind of tell ours. So I really appreciate you getting up early on uh, your side of the world and and uh, allowing us to be on. No, absolutely. And it's an awesome story too. So uh, no, really appreciate your time. And for everyone, if you'd like to get a hold of Dustin about your company's marketing, they do some amazing stuff. Head over to eic.agency forward slash and uh, you can have a look at their website. So they do some amazing stuff. Can't wait to see your growth in the future, mate, because I think uh, you've got some big things to come. Awesome. I really appreciate it. And I can't wait to uh, see the growth of the podcast and all the uh amazing talent that you can bring on and uh, share their story with the world. Awesome, mate. Really appreciate it. Thank you. So guys, what'd you think of the episode? I hope you guys enjoyed it. Dustin's super knowledgeable when it comes to direct response marketing, isn't he? Now, one last thing before I go, I've created a small headline course so that you guys can grab attention with the written word because the truth of the matter is if you can grab someone's attention with your headline and then get them to read your body copy you're going to increase conversions and make more sales so if you'd like to get it it's available at www.headlinecourse.com see you guys later hope you guys enjoyed the episode don't forget to hit that subscribe button until next time see you later